everybody. This is the Tomato Tomato Podcast. It's a podcast about movies and how they're reviewed, and sometimes getting weirdly emotional about sports movies on a weekday morning. I'm Jenna, and joining me, as always, is my co-host. Chris, I'm the co-host. <laughs> it sounded who... like you like entered a boom tube before you started mm. talking. It was like, blah. <laughs> It's but, my new trailer sound effect intro. The Vuvuzela. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're not just, we're not going to make those noises for the entire episode. I'm sure you would turn it off and unsubscribe immediately. But today we are here in preparation for Black Panther, and we are talking about the, the arguably the like other most well known Ryan Coogler movie, the one that everyone was like when he was announced for Black Panther, it's like, oh yeah, this is awesome, because we know him from this movie. And that is Creed. 2015's Creed. The the newest edition in the Rocky cinematic universe. (laughs) Full disclosure, I have never seen a Rocky movie before this. Okay, so confession, me neither. Okay, good. So if so, any of you who are listening and are familiar, and like, if we ask any <laughs> questions about the franchise, see, it's it's one of those franchises where I feel like I have seen them. <laughs> oh, the police are picking you up. They are. They they heard I hadn't seen Rocky. They're fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you were saying, uh, I, I Rocky is one of those I franchises. I feel like I've seen a movie or two just because it's part of like that public pop culture consciousness. Yeah. So I'm familiar with it. I've seen clips and scenes from the movies, but I've never like sat down to watch one in in its entirety. Like before recording, I was watching some clips on YouTube to kind of get me prepared. Oh, you did way more preparation than I did. And to kind of add like context Uh um, for this movie. Yeah. So that helps. Uh, See, I, I like woke up, got my coffee, sat down, pressed play. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I did not do any research whatsoever. But and I almost feel like in a way you it, it like the movie doesn't shut you out if you don't no. know. I think like the the bits and pieces that are kind of thrown in in dialogue and stuff are beneficial and are interesting. And like you kind of have a moment of like, oh, wait, are they referencing something from one of the other movies or whatever? And they most likely are. Yeah, um, like I, there were certain things that, like, the, the reviews that we picked kind of addressed that, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting, because I hadn't guessed that. Yeah, so we'll, like, get more into those with the, the reviews. Yeah. And so you you do not know the tomato meter score yet. No, I do so not. I'll, I'll I wanted this. you to pull a see it or skip it. <laughs> a retroactive see it or, see it or skip, skip it. it. You know, three years later. <laughs> well, um, and also after I just saw the movie. <laughs> I can't go back in time. So the tomato meter, it is fresh at 95%. All right. That's about uh, what I expected. Yeah. It's yeah. 7.9 out of 10. It has 271 reviews. Only 14 are rotten. Wow. Yeah. Because see, like I had you pick the reviews today and you picked them very quickly. And so I was like, okay, that's good. There are more than one yes. negative reviews for this. Movie. Yeah, it, it was a little tougher because some of the the rotten reviews were just little uh, quippy, uh, short paragraphs. Looking at oh. you, Chicago reader. Um, <laughs> but there there are some in depth negative reviews. 
the critic consensus is Creed brings the Rocky franchise off the mat for a surprisingly effective seventh round that extends the boxer saga in an interesting new directions while staying true to its classic predecessor's roots. The audience score, 89%, uh, 4.2 out of 5 average rating, and almost 75,000 user ratings. That just made me think, I'm, I'm like, I could go on a whole tangent right now about how the star rating isn't the same from the, like, audience to the critical, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, okay. I, I really don't understand any of that. Why I, I, I don't get why the tomato meter is out of 10 and audience is out of 5, but yeah. like you're saying, that's a whole tangent we've gone on several <laughs> times before in this podcast. Like, that, that just, like, just made me realize it, because I was like, oh no, 4 out of 10, that's awful, and then you, like, said the rest of your sentence, and then I'm like, okay, good, but it was just, it's yeah. weird. It's weird to me that the metrics are kind of off, but yeah. Well, that's yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, so it's really on par for them. <laughs> you say on a Rotten Tomatoes-inspired podcast. Yeah, um, without them, we wouldn't have this. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're a necessary evil. We would have it, but it would be a different name. <laughs> it would be just whatever whoever flickster cast yeah whoever came up with the idea and like actually had it break through the mainstream we would just be talking about that yeah. but but yeah i mean that's about what i expected in terms of the like numerics of it all especially knowing like this movie was nominated for an oscar and won a shit ton of awards yeah stallone like stallone won for best supporting actor i remember at the golden globes he did oh the golden globes the okay that's right. I, so, yeah, I, I remember the, there was the the the, the outcry that michael b jordan yes. wasn't nominated yes yeah i have with, the thing which is very deserving he, he really stuff. should have been i know yeah i'm trying to see who was oh leo won that year no yeah hugh glass the movie <laughs> it was like i i i've listened to that old dollop about it and then at the very end they're like and they're making a movie about it and i was like what the fuck like because it was like two years before obviously so the red yeah. had already came out but it didn't connect to me that that was the same story and it like blew my mind but yeah i'm like you could have taken out like I'm, I'm looking at the list of nominees from that year you could have taken out brian cranston or eddie redmayne or whatever and just put michael b jordan in there like really? come on and that was kind of a genesis of Oscar So White. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's, like that was like it planted that was the seed. Yeah, where it kind of started. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah, I'm. This was a movie that I knew I needed to see, and like people had been recommending it to me when it came out, but I just never was. I don't know. I never got the yeah. chance to, and I'm glad that I got to for this because it is. It, it's a genuinely good movie. It is. Uh, but some people don't think so. <laughs> like Amy Nicholson of LA Weekly. All right. Let me find you. Um, yeah. She she was not a fan of this movie and she she uses a lot of uh Greek analogies, Greek <laughs> well, <laughs> mythology. Okay. Because the characters in this movie yeah. have very Greek names. They do. <laughs> like Come on. And I mean, that's obviously an, an intentional thing that the franchise started way before then, but it still is like, yeah, it's a, it's a thing that's a little, the, the analogy makes more sense than it would yeah. be talking about like most other sports movies. But yeah, let's see. Uh, so she just generally does not like this movie. The um, main argument is that like Stallone being in this movie and having the part that he does doesn't let it be enough of its own thing which 
I don't know. I think there's kind of a double-edged sword here because if, like, I think he's in here for just enough. And granted, that is as somebody who hasn't seen the other movies. But, like, I think that the legacy aspect of it is very interesting. And I think if they hadn't had him in there and it was just, like, a straight oh, we're going to talk about Apollo Creed's son and Rocky's going to have like a five minute cameo or whatever. Yeah, it would be, it would be like, it would be like having, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character box at the end and then he goes up on the steps of the Philadelphia Museum and meets Rocky and Rocky doesn't say anything and then the credits roll. Yeah. Do you mean The Force Awakens? (laughs) Yes, thank you. The Force Awakens for boxing. (laughs) But no, like I I was messaging you while watching this because I there's a Star Wars quality to this and and more of like a last Jedi way of taking this a previous generation's hero and putting them into a a mentor role to a new generation and kind of mythically talking about this mentor's character's exploits. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like like, it just that's the general like cultural thing right now, too. I feel like with big franchises and characters like this that's happening now. It is, yeah, it's a very interesting thing. And I am i mean, I like it if it's done well and I haven't seen it really not done well, then I think it's kind of a good way to kind of pass the torch. Cause you know that there are these production companies, if they have an IP that has made them money in the past, they're going to try to use it in some way that is beneficial to them. And I think that doing this sort of like legacy passing on the torch aspect is is like a better way to go about it than to completely reboot something or to like do, I don't know, like that feels more like a a spit in the face of like the fans of the original thing than it is just to kind of, uh, I don't know, carry it on in a new way. Yeah, I think Kugler and I think the co-writer was Covington. They did, yeah. they they had a smart approach about how to continue this franchise while still having Rocky, but having a new face to it all. Yes, definitely. And like, yeah, I'll go it's, into it as we yeah. talk more about the review. So the the but, review also yeah. says Creed exists in a shadow world of deja vu. Adonis visits the Rocky statue, wears familiar gray suits, and prods Uncle Baboa uh, for the fight. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So basically, it's saying it's it's echoing a lot of what the previous movies. Uh, yet, as the prevalence of evocation rival, uh, Liverpool is no Cold War Moscow. Though Kugler does his best to amplify stereotypes. That was my one thing that. Like, not having seen the other movies, the main takeaway that I get from the general plot of the Rocky movies is that it always kind of plays on the, like, cultural rivalries yeah, of that period in time. Especially something like uh, Rocky Four. Yeah, the was, Dolph was, Lundgren one. Yeah, so that okay. was the one with Apollo Creed, where uh-huh. he he boxed Ivan Drago, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, and that was yeah. the one where Ivan Drago kills Mm-hmm. Uh, Creed in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that clip before this, so uh, this nice. it's fresh in my mind. Nice. It, it just is, there's so many weird, not weird, but stylistic choices that are very of the time. Uh-huh. Uh So you should watch that after this. I will. I, um, I definitely will. But yeah, I'm like, if I had known I needed to do homework before we <laughs> recorded this, I would have done that homework. But I did not think to other than just like, because part of it was I also just wanted to judge this movie as a movie. And oh, yeah. As, as, like, and that is a part of a bigger 
Yes, exactly. And like, I, but, but my thing with it was the, the, I don't know, there's, there's a kind of an interesting thing going on with the whole final fight storyline and how that comes about and whatever. And uh, initially I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't the way that it's done in the original movies with the cultural aspect of it all. Cause it, cause like the Moscow thing and whatever. But so, but then as it went on, I kind of, I'm trying to think of how to articulate it. I'm also kind of tired. So I'm trying to think. <laughs> See, to me, um, I feel like the, the Conlon character was yeah. fine. It, it did what it needed to in terms of having kind of someone for Michael B. Jordan to fight yeah. in the ring. Um, like I don't it, know if he's not as memorable as something like Ivan exactly. Drago. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if and he's like not as strongly characterized, it's very it's, it's superficial, which yeah. you'd expect for that kind of character. Well, um, and the, the whole thing kind of becomes this whole argument of class of like, oh, well, I had to work to get to where I am today. And yet you're you had the silver spoon because of who your dad is and whatever, which was this weird. It was weird to say that outright in the movie when the whole point of the movie is showing you the opposite. Yeah. Like were... that that felt kind of odd to me, but I, I I I got it from the sense of like the general population narrative within the movie had to be like, oh well, you're gonna be- you're gonna support this person or this person because of these like boiled down storylines or whatever. But there... yeah. Yeah, I I give credit to Ryan Cooler because he he made some smart choices. There there are a lot of different directions he could have gone with this. He could have gone the more social aspect of it of mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan's character Creed going from a white collar job being kind of silver spoon in the mouth, but making his own way being uh, a person of color in the boxing world. I, it, there are different areas he could have gone with it, but he made it a more personal story instead yeah. of kind of a social one. But yeah. not that the social aspect wasn't completely not present. But like, yeah, it was just the whole, the, I, I had kind of a harder time believing the whole like silver spoon aspect of it all when we see him as a little kid and you can see that he's having a really hard life. And then the next you see him, he's an adult and yeah, his situation is better, but you haven't seen the bits and pieces in between. Not that we needed to, but it was just yeah. like the movie focused more on the things in his life that worked against him as opposed to the things that worked for him. And so that was why I was like, well, why are you like making him out to be like this like daddy's boy kind of thing like yeah, Draco they're, they're, Malfoy kind of aspect. Yeah, because there there are parts yeah. where points watching where I forget he did come from a rich background. Yeah. And, oh yeah, and you'd see his his mom at the big mansions like oh that's right yeah he he does have money he doesn't need to be doing this but he chooses to. Yeah. Which shout out to Felicia Rashad. I feel like she shot all of her scenes in like a day. <laughs> she probably was, did. Because it was like <laughs> just sitting same, on the couch. It was and... like the same shot in the mansion, just like different outfits. And I was like, <laughs> good for you. Like, just do that. And just like her, her scenes were really good, but it was just kind of a funny thing when the, the composition of the shot was exactly the same, even though they would visit her like <laughs> months and months and months later. But, but yeah, I yes. mean, so. Just, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else with this review. So it goes on to say, when Stallone wrote Rocky, he wasn't a boxing fan. Original director John G. 
Alvidson uh, hated the sport accordingly. Rocky was a boxing movie that was about everything but opportunity, loserdom, loneliness. Creed is just a boxing movie. I disagree. The same character beats a romance with a Medusa-haired siren, a big too, uh, too soon big fight, his own fading mentor, three workout montages, but the film itself is just a drum roll for a younger warrior who only wants to win. I don't agree with that. Yeah, there. Uh, no, yeah, there's. No, I'm trying to articulate it. There's themes of identity. Yeah, that, identity that and legacy and it, like self worth. Kind of any other sport, you could have replaced boxing with painting, and it would still <laughs> been the same in a way. Curling. Curling, yeah, and it still worked. I work. would watch. Um, a- I would watch a like Rocky style movie about curling though. Like, <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he would it's be great like, at it. So it's just yeah, him kind of becoming his own person and kind of stepping out of his uh, father's shadow, becoming his own, but also honoring uh, his dad's history. Well, because it's because he's in such a unique position because he's simultaneously in his dad's shadow and completely cast out of it in a way. Because yeah. because the whole like the whole thing, the line in the in the like third act fight or whatever that kind of hit me the most was the whole thing of like I have to prove that I'm not a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That was, oh. that was really like impactful, and I mean, I feel like there are themes in this movie. Yes, it's built around the whole confines of a sport, but. I don't know. It's like, it's weird. I don't normally, I'm not someone who normally like seeks out sport movies and whatever, but like between this and I, Tanya, it's, it is kind of that thing of like using <laughs> the confidence of like a sport story to say something else. And yes. so, I don't know. I think that this movie, I think it still has other things that it's saying. It's just, yes, it yeah. does focus on the boxing so much. Well, uh, Amy also continues to disagree. Uh, uh, is saying Creed wants all of the Rocky drama, but invest in none of the smarts. Rocky told us that the biggest fight was a man against himself, which is clearly stated. Yes. Uh, I'm just in, in this movie, Creed. Exactly. And she goes on to say, and the movie uh, meant it. Here the characters have silly personal fights, more pointless than the ones in the ring. Even the boxing matches are easily distracted. Uh, and then she, she kind of tears down one point or one thing that I really liked. Kugler likes to use swirling single takes, which feel visceral and frightening. Creed's battle against Leo uh, is a literal knockout, but missteps by keeping the camera so close, we often can't even see the fighter's fists. I love that one fight that was a single take. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think- That was beautifully I, shot. Yeah, I, and I think the, the composition of that and the not necessarily seeing the fists makes sense in a way when you're dealing with an actor who you don't, literally want to get the, the shit bit beaten out of yeah kind of. that's something like, i'll forgive for this yeah like i was season. astonished i can't think of a particular moment in this movie because of all the swirling long takes and stuff where where there's a genuine stunt double like it wasn't noticeable to me it seemed me like he it seemed like jordan was doing it all himself it was pretty seamless yeah and it's it's seamless in a way that is really kind of interesting but in that sense 
especially considering the cultural conversation this week of whether or not to potentially kill the star of your movie, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing that's happening. It's like, I, I can understand kind of faking out some of the punches occasionally and shooting it in a way to where it looks like someone got beaten when they really didn't. Yeah. But, and why would you want to harm Michael B. Jordan's face? Exactly. That's a nice exactly like we were both talking the the worst part of this movie is when his eyes swell shut it was like i genuinely like ugh, it was just so upsetting and, and then uh the uh, amy also goes on to say we'd rather pan over to look at blood splatters ice buckets bikini girls anywhere but the ring and okay so after watching the uh apollo death scene okay. from rocky four yeah all of those are in there yeah. <laughs> Cutting to blood splatters. There's <laughs> the cuts back and forth to a bloody rag falling to the mat. Oh, jeez. Um, so, I, Amy, come on, do your homework. I did. Okay. Be nice. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is still kind of valid. It, like, yeah. it, and it, it's a trope that you see in sports movies all the time. So, it's, it's one of those things where I... It's not that I forgive it. It's just I accept it. I, I know I'm going to get those kind of sport tropes. Yeah. Like exactly. I know in, in a baseball movie, if they hit a home run, we're going to linger on the baseball flying in the air for five minutes. And, and then cut like back e to everyone's surprised faces. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Like I, those are things I accept going in. It's part of that genre. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what else is in this review. <laughs> it says that Stallone is coughing dramatically like a Victorian heroine. <laughs> um, uh, there is one bit that I, I agree with Amy here. Uh, when Adonis seizes a moment to seduce Thompson's Bianca on Rocky's couch, the camera pans over to end the scene on Balboa's disapproving turtle. I did not notice the turtle. At all. <laughs> I'm very disappointed at myself for not. Oh, how did turtle. you miss it? Because uh, it's the kind of goofy personal choice the film could use more of. I like that. So, Amy, you're. We agree there. Yeah, it's just. I that that scene was particularly kind of funny because it was like I so that like you told me because you had started watching the movie before I did you're like there's one mo moment in this movie we're gonna be like okay same and so then I was like well where is it let me try to find it and then I was like oh here it is it's the like let's go party let's tear up the town and then it smash cuts to them asleep on the couch eating ice cream several and pints of ice cream I was just like same that's so great but so then so then the scene goes on and then they start to kiss and then my mom came upstairs so I'm like okay, she's not walking in here this second that the scene starts and has to ask well what are you watching and so then i paused it talked to her took the dog out to go take a walk and then came back and so i think because of that i missed the turtle oh. really disappointed in myself because that is kind of great of just like disapproving turtle it was <laughs> a great little moment so thank you for that ryan coogler yeah, yeah and thank you for pointing that out amy because i would not have noticed <laughs> that otherwise but uh, yeah but then there are some people who do agree with us. Yes. Uh, the Atlantic. All right. Going back to them. David uh, Sims. David Sims. We, we've used his reviews a couple times. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so his review starts out. Uh, Creed lands every punch. The seventh Rocky movie combines the best elements of the classic underdog franchise with a dynamic new star. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty much it. It's not it, 
<laughs> having not seen the first one, I can't say that this is like a carbon copy yeah. of the original Rocky. Uh-huh. If it was, I wouldn't mind. And yeah. general consensus it seems to be that no one else does either because it's well done. Uh-huh. Well, and like that's an interesting thing that's kind of been popping up this week. I where I mean, we had that with the last movie that we covered and how its reception has kind of evolved over the past couple of days with Cloverfield Paradox. It's like all these people are like angry that it relies on tropes, but also angry that it's so different from the other Cloverfield films and are just like, they're, they're just, they're, it's the goalpost like, moving. It, it is. It's like, you're not letting the movie just be a movie. You're comparing it to all these different metrics and then saying that it fails every single one. Because us in the internet hive mind culture, yeah. Yeah. we, before a movie is released, we built up what we want it to be as fans yeah and hold it against the the movie and the filmmakers for not making what we wanted what we wanted to see and then we, we don't it's kind of like see the forest for the tree kind of thing where yeah. we hold it against them uh-huh i'm just like uh, i'm just thinking about the venom trailer this morning and how yeah. that applies <laughs> but yeah uh, so davidson he says uh, creed is also a necessarily fresh giving beneficial tweaks to an old formula Audiences uh, will still likely see every punch coming from a mile away, but what's remarkable is how the movie lands them all. It's an invigorating piece of nostalgia that fuels a bigger adrenaline rush with the climax uh, than any bigger blockbuster movie could provide. I agree with that. I, I agree yeah. that it like <clears throat> the, the balance of nostalgia while still being its own thing. I think is it, it definitely excels in that. And I I've, I mean like there's an argument to be made that you see that with like not white not male directors <laughs> like yeah. any anyone who's not in the dominant kind of category of directors a lot of times ha like i don't know you you do your own thing and you break your own ground but then you also do kind of come back to nostalgia and tropes and making someone recognize what you're trying to say and then you use that as like a jumping off point to say what you're wanting to say and i feel like this exactly. movie is kind of an example of that it this Coogler does a good job of creating new mm -hmm. things to contribute to this to this series mm -hmm. and kind of builds uh, Adonis's own little world whilst integrating it into the larger rocky world that was established. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because we have I think Coogler's obviously he's got to be a fan of the previous rocky movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cuz he does a lot of good homages and references. And then and I'm in no way shitting on this or okay. him. Okay. But you almost have like kind of the other side of it with someone like JJ Abrams <laughs> and Force Awakens, yeah. who is someone who clearly loves it. Uh, and some would argue that he kind of homages the past too much and but, doesn't do his own thing. But I also think that's an argument of the like the ability of storytelling that is ultimately done behind that. Like you can use nostalgia in different ways and still tell a different kind of story. And like, we've said that with JJ several times where it's like his whole mystery box thing kind of, he, he's kind of coasted on that as opposed to just kind of something evolving. like Googler's doing where it's yeah. like evolving the story and actively trying to yeah. make something new. Yeah, Kugler pushed it and created a new character with his own new struggles where where Rocky's struggle was kind of loneliness, being a loser, 
kind of Adrian. being yeah being representative of America and fighting communism and yeah the USSR and then you have Adonis who's fighting his own personal struggles well, and, and you can argue in a way because like this movie definitely has moments where it's the whole cultural aspect of it of w what Adonis represents in America now is kind of akin to what Rocky represented in the original movies. It's just kind of a more yeah. nuanced version of it. Cause like the, the scene that kind of hit me the most was the, the whole, um, the, the, the like training montage quote unquote, that like everyone was really waiting for that then ends with him and all the guys on the bikes. And yeah. it, it kind of, I like, I loved that because it kind of hinted at the thing of like, the people in the sports world are always this symbol to the communities that they represent. And it's just the Rocky's community that he was representing was not the same community that Adonis is really representing. Exactly. Like the and, world that's rallying behind him is kind of different and is dealing with uh, different challenges. And if they, I thought they were planning a sequel to this. They are. They are. Good, Cause I would love to see that an expansion on that, that yes. how, Adonis's world has evolved around him, how they react to him. Yeah. Um, like, because there's the announcer guy and it's like, oh, Conlon won the fight, but uh, Creed won the night. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, true. And he, he still has fans and he's beloved in Philadelphia, despite having the shittiest sports fans in the world. <laughs> it was also funny to watch this movie, the, like the week of the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> And like just thinking in the back of like there's one point in the movie where you just very clearly see the Eagles logo and I was just thinking about like everyone just knocking shit over. <laughs> I saw a video of if fully grown adults <laughs> who were ransacking a convenience store and destroying it. And I'm just oh. like, I it makes me wish the pets had won almost. <laughs> I uh, it's so but then again, if they lost, they would have done the same thing. So exactly. you know, yeah, it, they're like holding them hostage. It's like yeah. okay, <laughs> literally going to riot the city. My favorite thing was they like spray painted on the side of a bus. It said like "fuck Tom B," but then if you read it really fast, it said "fuck Tomb." <laughs> Just like I had a very good laugh about that because it looked fucking great. Those yeah. mummies are in for a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> That's the mummy too, <laughs> but but no, I mean like I, I I do think putting the Philly of it kind of aside, I do think that they're like taking the franchise in this direction and having the center like of it be this young black man is a like does send this really strong message both to people watching to the movie and to people within the world of the movie and stuff. And so, like you said, yeah. I want to kind of see that a little bit more in the sequel. I think there's a, there's a lot I would like to see in a sequel. Like there's kind of some lingering plot threads uh -huh. uh, with Rocky's cancer. Yeah. I want to see Bianca's music career take off. Well, and like, I want to see, this is kind of like, I think one of the reviews pointed out at one point, but like, there are no lady boxers, even though that is very clearly a thing that was not yeah. a thing in the 70s when Rocky started. So it's like, I, I, that would be really interesting to kind of see that a little bit more aside from the background actors. So, yeah, because it, it'd be nice to, that could be something in the sequel, like, uh, uh, Adonis gets his own Apollo, someone who's like with him, like his his buddy, yeah. 
is ride or die friend in the boxing world. Yeah. I think that would be a really interesting way to kind of go about that. And it, it again, it's like a further evolution sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. And so see what else. Uh, along with that, Kugler has crafted an homage to the Rocky series with authentic affection, referencing many of the greatest and corniest moments, chasing chickens in the backyard, Rocky <laughs> and Apollo's secret final fight. At the same time, Creed transcends one of the franchise's sequels. Notably, it's the first Rocky film without Stallone's name on the script, but he shines instead uh, his quiet, nuanced, supporting turn as an aging fighter. I forget how many things Stallone writes. He is like, actually an accomplished screenwriter. Like it's kind of impressive, and I, I, I commend him for that. Even if not every movie is perfect, I still like. It, it, it's one of those things that you always know him as like an actor first, and then you're yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, he did all of that. That's really cool. I'd, I'd be curious to see. Uh, again, I'm going to use like a Star Wars metaphor, yeah. kind of the Hamill jumping back into this and yeah. kind of at first being leery of Last Jedi. I wonder how uh -huh. uh, Stallone took to Coogler, uh his take on uh, Rocky. But same, uh, yeah, I would be curious about that too, but I almost think in a way, like it's obviously apples and oranges to an extent, but I do think that there there was probably a little bit of that there, but also it seems like the Rocky franchise has gone through so many evolutions that I'm sure he wasn't too like un upset yeah. about where this was going. Like he could have said no. It's not like Star yeah. Wars where like Mark Hamill was expected to be there because of how the force awakens ended and whatever but like they could have very easily like we said made this a movie where stallone was in it for five minutes exactly but like the fact that they did was great yeah exactly like let's see i'm trying to think of what else there is in this review this was the review i like kind of skimmed so i'm trying <laughs> to see uh, it says, and in sidestepping many of the pitfalls that come with continuing a beloved franchise, this film invites viewers to revel in the old glory days without simply trying to recreate them. Yes. It might be obvious when the horns are about to blare, but it's thrilling <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah, when the when the music cue kicked in, like... Like, I kept waiting for that. I, I knew, I, I thought I had heard it kind of in bits and pieces earlier in the film, but like the way that it's used in the third act, I, I enjoyed because mm -hmm. it was, it was like the perfect kind of, it was very cinematic in a way. It yes. was like, it, it didn't feel out of place, but it was kind of like, oh, of course you would play it here. And, I mean, you yeah. would have, you, you would have to, and Kugler was smart uh, and when using that music. Yeah, exactly. He could have thrown it way earlier in the film, but it's just kind of like... It was like, it, it, it was an earned moment when it's like, it, okay, we can play this now. Yes, exactly. That's definitely true. Yeah. Do we want to move on to yeah. the third review? So it comes from the Robert rap. Abel. The rap. I think it was the first time we used the rap. I think it has. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Hmm. I'm like, I feel like we would have used them before, but yeah, I guess... Yeah. This is a first for us. Um, yeah, this review is is not as scathing as LA Weekly, I think. Yeah, um, it's still it's still nitpicks here and yeah. there. Yeah. Um, 
It says the one-two punch of expectations, energizing a franchise and burnishing the acclaim that was heaped by Fruit um, Fruitvale Station, which I, I almost suggested we watched that, but I know it is depressing as I look it out. <laughs> like, I want to see it at some point. It's in my Netflix queue, but I was just like, this is not an easy movie to cover. No. So let's cover Creed because we kind of know what to expect going in. But then it says that that expectation seemed to have gotten the best of Coogler so that Creed emerges as a reverent entry, but never a truly refreshed one. This one again kind of argues that the nostalgia was kind of overplayed, but like I said, you could like he would have gotten shit for not Exactly. Because if he underplayed it, he would have been faulted for that. But if he overplays it, it's like, oh you did it too much. Do mm -hmm. your own thing. So it's goalpost moving again. It's crazy to me how much this parallels Star Wars. <laughs> like It's insane. It's honestly insane. And it does make me want, like, I know Coogler is a name that is brought up a lot of like, hey, give him Star Wars and see what he can do. But it, I am genuinely curious about it. it partially because he has this experience with this, of this kind of like nostalgia and expectations versus paving your own way, kind of. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see how other franchises like this in the coming years kind of from the 70s or 80s hell we can even start mining the 90s and kind of <laughs> something like jurassic world yeah is kind of in that same vein it's its own separate movie um but it it's hitting those nostalgia points yes and like even like ghostbusters is like yeah. an example that came to my mind like it does enough it it incorporates all four of the original actors in all these weird ways and like does all of these things that are kind of callbacks while still being its own movie and i think like i don't know it, it's just an interesting science that is in movie making that didn't really seem to be as prominent before yeah, because it's of how it, many reboots and remakes and stuff we're dealing yeah, with. It's studios wanting these safe bets of familiar franchises, but also being aware that it's like, oh, all of the original actors are old now. We need to reinvigorate <laughs> it with new blood. <laughs> and we have to find a balance of nostalgia while getting new fans, but peasing uh, the old ones. Yeah, exactly. It's a fine line to walk. It is. And it, it's a it's an interesting trend, I think. Uh, so the rap says the biggest irony, irony about Creed is that what's missing inside Adonis is a nagging question mark for the movie, too. Carl Weathers' Apollo Creed was a galvanizing force in the first four Rocky movies, but without him there, save the old odd snippet of boxing footage, Creed creates a strange distance from the brassy, entertaining cockiness of Weathers' performance, as fondly remembered by moviegoers, and the necessity of his absence being a driving force for Adonis. Though Jordan hits plenty of yeah. solid chip-on-his-shoulder notes in his portrayal of someone wondering whether his name is a blessing or a curse, the movie feels like a ghost story without a ghost. I... I don't think so, because you have this whole arc for Adonis uh, kind of accepting the name. He goes from wanting to be called... Uh, Johnson. Johnson, his, his mother's maiden name, I think, in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. then eventually wearing his dad's colors and his name. Exactly. Both of their names. So it's this subtle arc that it's not beaten uh, into it, but it's there. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, I don't know, this review in particular seems to argue that like Jordan is not the same kind of like over the top 
performer the way that the other actors were in the previous movies watching just some snippets from the older movies i don't want him to do his carl weathers apollo (laughs) creed impression it wouldn't work it's also funny to me because carl my my base of reference for carl weathers is arrested (laughs) so so every time i read his name in this context i have to go okay it's not like carl weathers but not the carl weathers who made the fantastic four musical (laughs) but yeah it I, I wouldn't have wanted it to be this over the top ridiculous kind of thing. Like it and when uh, you when you have Kugler like involved, you're gonna have nuance behind it. And so watch the the ending to Rocky Three. That's something that I don't think Michael B. Jordan could do. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. It's but, it's, it's it's one of those cheesy moments oh, Lord, in the franchise, yeah. but in a good uh, like a feel good way, but it it, it would be out of place in this movie, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause then the review goes on to say, none of this would have mattered if Adonis had been written with a personality equal to Apollo or Rockies, but Coogler and Jordan fall short of making the youngster a compelling f- figure. The mechanical parts of the story don't serve Jordan's natural charisma in the way Fruitvale jazzed everyday moments. Um, and by now Stallone wears Rocky like a favorite tracksuit, and he's belie- he's a believably older version of this good-hearted underdog, but his scenes with Jordan, rather than being organically warm, feel dictated by formula. I didn't think so. I thought that their dynamic was like the selling point of this movie. I really enjoyed it. Him it, yeah. playfully calling him Unk and yes. just all the training scenes. I thought those were really well done and entertaining. I love like good found family stories that are done yeah. really well and i feel like the whole little trio found family of him and and tessa thompson's character and rocky was just really I, the, the scene of them having dinner together yes. was like this is a good heartwarming moment even the ice cream scene that we talked yes. about earlier it's like it was just really pure because you don't i don't know I, again, I haven't seen the earlier movies, but that just felt like a connection that I wouldn't have expected in the older movies. Yeah. Like, of, of, of all the characters kind of just being more familial with each other and less just kind of dictated by formula and tropes and all of that sort of stuff. There, it, so it goes on to talk about Tess's character. Yeah. Uh, makes one mention of hearing Lost Condition on the first date before being sidelined as inspirational movie support staff. I do, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with that to a point. I think her character was much stronger in the first and second act. And in the third act, she yeah. was kind of sidelined, which I get. It's kind of the focus is, has to go back to Creed. Yeah. But uh, I think that she, I don't know. I think in the, confines of being because again if if the movie had been more about her people would have complained yeah like (laughs) but i think that within the confines of kind of leaning into the tropes of the storytelling of it all i think she still is given more to do as a love interest than most love interests in sports movies yeah like she has her own life her own world like she's she has her music career and everything and she she kind of says like i don't need you really like she sort of says that yeah. of, like you're just inspiration for me or whatever which like is an interesting alternative to the more like super doting girlfriend who yeah. is going to get upset when but, someone but is injured or yeah, whatever they're to support him but she's not just there for that exactly and like having her be hard of hearing 
was, I, lo- I, I loved that. I did and, not know that they were going to do that. And, and I and thought that that was brilliant. And the way they represented it, it's not like, oh, poor me, I'm yeah. going deaf. It's like, no, I, I have it. I'm dealing with it. I'm learning sign language. It's cool. Yeah, it's just kind of like, this is what's, and it, it mirrors uh, like the, the main point of the movie, which is sort of the, like, I'm dealing with, with what's been handed to me and still trying to make the best life for myself that's possible. Yeah. Because she has that, and that's also what Adonis has throughout the entire movie. And so, yeah, I think that she she functions within there really well. And I, I would be really curious within a sequel to see, like, what her role would be and how it would grow and stuff. Especially now that Tessa has been a way more prominent person yes. in movies. I feel like any other time, if yeah. this movie was made, like, 10, 20 years ago... Mm-hmm she wouldn't be a character in the sequel and there would be some new new girl uh, yeah yeah because that seemed to happen a lot yeah <laughs> with those but, kinds of movies yeah exactly like i mean yeah adrian i guess in the original movies but I, even then i haven't seen the originals i don't know how yeah. involved she is other than that he like married her and named the restaurant after her and all of that stuff which that was sweet too mm-hmm. they kind of throw that stuff in it is interesting because i remember the same sort of argument with Blade Runner when it was the whole thing of like well why are men allowed to age and the female characters aren't and whatever and it's not that this movie I don't know this movie also did that and I'm not gonna knock them for it but it was just kind of an interesting thing yeah like sideline the wife character and whatever but I guess the whole aspect was just like making um Rocky seem more lonely but like, yeah. I loved the scene in the cemetery when he's just I, I thought that was really nice and pure. Yeah, it was just really genuine. But, yeah. Um, let's see, what else is this video going to say? A uh, few long-standing franchises have been so personally tended to as the Rocky movies, which Stallone variously <laughs> lauded and vilified for scattershot handling of his own beloved American loser-turned-hero. Uh, if 2006's correctively quieter, old-school, charming Rocky Balboa felt like a fitting close to an invariable, overextended series, you can see why this entry, the first one not written by Stallone, suggests reason to continue. I completely forgot about that movie. Yeah, I, like I said, I know so little about like how many things are in this franchise. I've kind of been figuring it out this morning. And, like, yeah, I, I would not have guessed that they made a movie as, like nine years beforehand. Because the, the way they approached Rocky, it seems like he just kind of went off and did his own thing yeah. after Rocky Four, And he's been, you know, out of the, the boxing world for, what, 30 years? Yeah, but instead I'm looking at the photos from that movie and it's like, it is Stallone boxing. Yeah. So that's it's, just kind of, it's an interesting thing, but I am glad that Creed has the narrative that it does of like, it's the Han Solo narrative. It's the like, I used to be Han Solo. I used to do these things. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing them anymore. Kind of same. Thing. Like, like you mentioned Blade Runner with Harrison Ford again. Exactly. I used to be a Blade Runner. What are you doing here? Fine. I'll help you. Yeah, exactly. I, the, it's such an interesting trope, but I like it. I think mm-hmm. that I haven't seen a movie where it isn't done well yet, but yeah. Um, and then it says that like the last sentence of that review says, instead of playing like the first of a series of Adonis Creed movies, Creed never rises above being a, one more by the numbers Rocky retread, which again, we've said a million times. We don't agree with that. It lays the foundation for a whole 
Creed series. I f once we get to Creed two, yeah, it'll be his own. He'll come into his own. Like Stallone will still probably have a presence there. Yeah, but more of the focus will be on Adonis. Well, and I think especially because I don't know when it's supposed to enter production or be released or whatever the at, like it, it says it's supposed to be this year, but I honestly think that they're all too busy. Yeah, um, but I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah, but like even if it comes out in the next year or two, like having if time passes linear like linearly between those two movies, then he'll have been a boxer for like three or four years at this oh, point. Okay, and um, like that's so just I, my theory. What? So I was just doing a little reading on sure. Creed two. Okay, and they already have someone cast for it outside of the people we've seen already. Okay. Uh, they've cast Ivan Drago's son. Oh, okay. I think um, I remember reading that. Dude. Yeah. For me, for me. Uh, some Brazilian boxer, um, a Romanian boxer, Florian Montuno. Okay. Huh. Um, so it said production okay. is expected to start in the spring. So okay. maybe we could get it this year, maybe not, but there is ivan drago's son and so i'll be curious to see if it's if people knock it, it's like oh you're retreading old ground or <laughs> if this is the logical step but see then like, they see should well, they okay. should, uh, like, I, I should they I'll create see. a new arch enemy for creed or go back to the rocky well but is it a new arch enemy though? Because like I'm looking at IMDb and Dolph Lundgren will, will be in that movie, and I think that that like I think that 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 rivalry being the basis of a sequel didn't really occur to me, but it totally makes sense considering the it does. Well, I mean, because oh, kind of killed my dad. So yeah, yeah, I think that that like that I didn't even think about like oh, what would I want to see in a sequel? But like that totally fits. That makes a, that like that seems like a yeah. logical way to go. And plus, because, I just yeah. I, yeah, I love that Dolph Lundgren is like doing a million things now. Like <laughs> he's kind of had a uh, renaissance. He's like living the best life. It's just like I will do any job. I will be in any DC related thing. Who cares what universe it's set in? I will be in commercials for mobile games. Like, like I don't I'll give be a fuck. in your music video. I'll come back to this franchise. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. I don't know. I think that that'll be like. I'm very. I'm intrigued by that. Being a same. Thing. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Oh well, and the guy that is co-writing let's see yeah the guy oh, it's so the screenplay is being written by stallone and then the guy that ran luke cage yes and it has a new director uh stephen koppel jr okay so kugler is seemingly not involved maybe he's producing i would expect that yeah it says that kugler is executive producing okay yeah i'm like he's having such a busy year he, yeah <laughs> like I, I don't blame him at all, but yeah, I mean, like I will, I will see the sequel. This seems really same interesting. So yeah, I, I did not expect to care as much about this movie <laughs> as I did, but I like it a lot, and I'm all definitely right. like hyped for Black Panther and stuff. What? Yeah, uh, so I was just checking the the director for Creed two, what he's done before. Um, okay. And that's he's did Rapture, a TV miniseries, Grownish, oh, uh, okay. a show called Class. Um, oh. So kind of small things here and there. He did. Uh, 
Let's see. Is that, oh, that's not, the, that's not the same. It's, class. It's, it's not the Doctor Who class. Totally thought it was the same class. No. I like, oh, I was like, oh, poor guy. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm here for this. I'm definitely here for this. Same. And, and yeah. having Stallone co-write it is interesting. interesting. Yeah. That, it's that it's nice to see me, that he's still involved in yeah, that. That almost answers our question in a way. Cause it's like, he obviously cares about these movies if he's willing to yeah. write the sequel and stuff like that. But yeah, I, and it, it's, it's interesting with this movie we were talking about. So for the new listeners, we, our last segment is usually that we take the cast and crew of a movie and we fan cast them into superhero properties. This is the one movie where it is like <laughs> physically impossible. <laughs> like, it's, it's all done. Everyone all done. in this movie is uh, in the Marvel house. Or yeah, oh yeah, they all are in Marvel. That's right. Yeah, I'm like I I I, I told you while I was watching, I forgot that Stallone is in Guardians. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing that they're setting up <laughs> that I kind of forgot about because otherwise he needs to play Ted Grant. But if we can't have that, then just give me Harrison Ford because <laughs> as yeah. we discussed in our earlier episode, that would be a good thing. But yeah, this movie is just filled with so many good people it really is this cast is great and i'm I, i'm glad in the years since this has come out they've just gone on to do amazing more things, things. Yeah. yes definitely yeah i yeah I, we all we i feel like at least i i came late to the tessa thompson train really yeah I... it wasn't until really till westworld uh -huh. i was aware of her and then uh ragnarok yeah i i guess let's see I'm like looking at her IMDb. I like knew that she was in things and I knew like whenever I saw her face, I was like, I like her. I want to see her in things. Yeah. So then when she started kind of popping up in things, I guess it was around Westworld as well, where I was like, oh shit, she's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I like wholeheartedly am here for anything she does. But And Michael B. Jordan, I, I've been aware of, I've seen him in a bunch of things. I think the first thing I saw him in was ah crap it's the the movie about the kids with the superpowers chronicle, chronicle yeah yeah the yeah <laughs> fan fantastic prequel yeah. arguably but yeah that was kind of the first thing i saw him in too and i yeah same thing kind of like everything he's in he's just genuinely good and i keep forgetting that he is going to be in fahrenheit 451 Oh, that's right. It's him and Mike and uh, Michael Shannon? Shannon and Sophia Butella. Damn, this and cast is amazing. I know. They like he and Shannon were both announced at the same time and I like almost had an aneurysm because <laughs> I love that book. That is like the best, like one of my favorite books that I had to read in school. And so I was like, Holy shit, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna watch the hell out of that. That's gonna be really good. Me but, too. Yeah, so where can people find you on social media since can we can't find, do our last segment? Yeah, right? Uh, they can find me at the Chris Vito. Where can the people find you? You can find me at Hey, It's Jenna Lynn. You can find yeah. our podcast at... Tomato, Tomato say? Pod. You can <laughs> like, find us on Facebook at Tomato, Tomato Pod. Uh, YouTube. G YouTube. We're on most of the social media things. We're not, not on Instagram because screw their new algorithm. <laughs> it is kind of ridiculous. I it like is. one thing on Instagram and then my entire feed changes. 
It's like, no, (laughs) but, but yeah. So this, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is kind of our precursor to Black Panther. So we will try to release this a little bit closer to that release date. So you don't have to go too long without new episodes, but we we did kind of have a bonus episode this week with Overfield. Um, So go back, listen to that. Yes. Uh, Leave reviews on iTunes, please. Pretty please. Yes. And yeah, we're going to talk about Black Panther next episode. So get excited for that. So yeah. Is that it? I think that is it. All right. Until next time, keep watching movies. Except Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. (laughs) You're going to change your answer every time. Yes, I am. That's my new thing. Okay. Not just Bright. Yeah, don't watch Bright either. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.